sea, and so we paddled out there, and we got out there, and there were no dolphins. So I had a little sulk, as you do. And then I saw, you know, we're so childish, I'm so childish. I saw this sort of thing, it's a plastic bag, and I went out and I fished a new world, pristine new old plastic bag out of the ocean. And I said to the dolphins who weren't there, see, I'm one of the good guys, because I'm irrational about this kind of thing. And then actually, yeah, we, a small pot of dolphins sort of came and joined us and then led us to this massive pot of dolphins, which was kind of magical. One of the things you don't see in Scripture as much as I would like, we don't notice it. It's there, but we don't notice it, is kind of this enchantment of life. There is, I, I, I don't know the right word, there is a magic to life. There are these precious moments, and they're just gold, and you spot them and kind of don't know what to do with them. There isn't a way of talking about it that works, but you just know they're precious. I once was, um, I was on a retreat up on Scarborough Hill. You know, there used to be Sister Evelyn House there. Great place to go on a retreat. And I was taking it really seriously. I was fasting. I thought I'll get up and watch the sunrise. And, um, you know, I was, uh, as, as I'm prone to do, doing. And uh, there was this moment when the sun was coming up, when the top of the ocean, it must have been an angle thing, just glowed like a Steven Spielberg bit of this really vivid orange. And it was just astonishing. And um, because I was on a retreat, I got to speak with a spiritual director afterwards. And I told her about this, and I said, what do I do with that? And she said, oh, just enjoy it. That's what it's there for. So um, for those of you who are yet to have holidays, um, find moments to enjoy Alan Jan. Enjoy. It's okay. We're loved. But it brings back a uh, childhood memory. For some of you, if you're younger, this will be like a history lesson, okay? So apologies. Um, for, the, uh, for those of us who are a bit older, it may bring back memories. I have strong memories. My family used to like to go camping or adventuring in the bush. And one of the things that um, we also liked, there was a television program we were really keen on. But in those days... Um, you couldn't, it was actually, I'm so old, you couldn't even set up a VCR, that's a video thing, to record it. So if you wanted to watch it, you had to be there at that time. And I can remember a couple of holidays frantically trying to find a place that might, a pub or something that would have a TV so we could watch this particular program. Well. <laughs> And now for something completely different. <laughs> Monty Python's Flying Circus, which is um, full of skits. And, and thank you, God, for YouTube, because without it, young people would never get what uh, luxury... Okay, you're on what luxury was all about, or parrot sketches, or, but you can actually dial them up and see them. The thing about Monty Python that hit us was this catchphrase, and now for something completely different, because what they did... Oh, here we go. <laughs> they basically couldn't figure out how to end any sketch. So they were sort of the first comedy routine that would just cut from something and go immediately to something else. And, and for us in those days where everything was quite predictable in comedy, that was this real shocker for us. They would just suddenly go for, and now for something completely different. And I thought that that's, you know, all gone. Um, and uh, for the record, uh, they were very, a little bit like battleships. There was a lot of miss, 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 hit. So if you ever watch old Monty Python, there's bits where you just go, what were they thinking? Um, and then there'll be a bit that's an absolute classic. 
And I thought that that's all finished, but I noticed that on the late night um, television show, John Oliver, he has this segment. And now this. And now, politicians using increasingly dated pop culture references. Get ready for a lot of McRomney. And now this. And now, newscasters vastly overstating the dangers of everyday life. And now, this. And now, people on TV saying what people are saying. The, the point is, there's just this, I, I picked it up because of this catchphrase, and now. Um, and, uh, but I'm changing it slightly. I'm going to say, but now. Okay, and I've been, um, I've been thinking about what church is about what I think church is about. You may have different opinions, but I get the chance to say what mine are, and then you can tell me how wrong I am, okay? Better yet, you can give me the benefit of some doubt, because I never get it quite right, okay? But here's how it goes. I think people who follow Jesus are but now people. But now. Let me try and explain. Um, it's Johnny's first day of school. You remember your first day of school? He's... Uh, He's got that shaken cocktail of excited, nervous, and scared all in together. And he goes to the first day of school really scared and gets talking to Andy. And the next day, he thinks, I've got a friend at school. So school, which was scary and nervous, and, but now he has a friend. So but now is about something that changes things. Uh, uh, and we are, I think we are but now people. There are... Not for everyone, the couple who wants to have kids and they make their plans and you know they're, how they're going to paint things and all that kind of thing. And one day there'll be a visit to the toilet and a test and a little coloured bar. And their lives will have changed. We were a couple, but now, I think we're but now people. Yesterday, out at the tailors, uh, Joshua and Jacinda stood together and had a but now moment. They had known each other, they decided to, but there's a moment when they stand up and they say these outrageous things about what they will do. It was a but now moment. I think that Christians are supposed to be but now people. That moment when everything changes, when you get the phone call and you have a job, but now I'm this. When you get your exam results and you're finished, but now I have a degree, I think we're but now people. And now, can anyone think of a but now moment? Yep. When you first find out that you're having twin daughters. <laughs> That's like a double but now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I, I have a vivid I have a vivid memory of having a beer with a guy who'd had uh, they'd been on fertility treatment and they'd had one kid followed by twins and they'd just found out they had triplets and they were all going to be in nappies at the same time. He had a, a big butt now and it was probably a beer now moment. He, he was quite shocked. <laughs> he was like, but they won't all fit in one car. <laughs> what else? When we emigrate, it's we sort of live in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, a moment that changes everything. So let me tell you why I've, I, I, I know it all looks a bit random at the moment. Let me tell you why. I think that the story of God is full of but nows. In the Old Testament, you have this character Abraham, and we're not told that anything in particular marks him out. And then there is this but now moment 
When God appears and says, I'm going to make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Before God said that, Abraham was, Abram was just a bloke. And then he had this, but now all peoples on earth are going to be blessed through you. He's a but now person. Blessed to be a blessing. When Jesus stands up in the temple, I reckon, and he's asked, he pulls out the scroll and he reads from Isaiah. Now, I think it's another but now moment. We're going to get to how I can justify the but now phrase in a bit. Um, he reads out, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Which all sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Now, a number of people here will have looked up the passage in Isaiah 61. What's the next line? Anyone know? Actually, it is, it is the year of the Lord's favor, and the next portion of Isaiah is, and the day of vengeance of our God. But he stops with the favor of our God because it's a but now moment. But now I'm here and everything changes. Now I'm here, you have leprosy, you are afflicted by demons, you're blind in prisons, and Jesus' life says, but now, Christians are but now people. Now what started me thinking about this was I was reading through the book of Romans. Now I don't know how you find Romans, but I find it actually, it's a bit dark in places. It starts off really nicely that we have received grace and apostleship, that the letter is to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. And he tells us that he's not ashamed of the good news of Jesus. And then in verse 18 in Paul, he starts talking about the wrath of God. And he says roughly, well, the tree is rotten to the core. The house is condemned. It can't be insured. It's a write-off. He says things are pretty dark. When he describes humans, he describes them as the kind of neighbor you wouldn't want to live next to unrepentant, crossing boundaries, and he quotes from the Old Testament. He quotes from Psalms and Isaiah, and here's some of the things he says. None is righteous, no, not one. All have turned aside. Together they have gone wrong. Um, no one does good, not even one. Their mouth is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. Their teeth, uh, sorry, their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. The way of peace they do not know. There is no fear before their eyes. Is this a happy, cheerful passage? No, no, this is quite dark. This is not easy reading. And actually, this portion of Romans, I don't think it is easy reading. It's not even necessarily good news. He's trying to say no matter how hard we work and study, we all fail the final exam. And because Paul's really aware that what we love as humans to do, we love to look at other people and say how wrong they are. This is, uh, for me, I have to fight this one, the fascination with American politics. It is just really easy to point your finger at that and go, you guys, but actually, no, that's not what we're called to. Paul wants to, and so what Paul kind of does in this is, is he carefully sandwiches the Jews right into this. He even says, listen, um, it, Abraham, it, it was gift for him. And having painted everyone with the same brush, in Romans 3.21, he changes tack and he says, but now. 
But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been known. To which the law and the prophets testify, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And he goes on to say, because remember he's trying to make sure the Jews can't feel, I'm so great. That there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Christ Jesus. Bad news, but now. We, Christians, are but now people. Now, Kim Sutton's got this great line, which I've uh, borrowed many times and will continue to attribute to you, where she says, we are but for God people. It's going to be like this, but for God, which is a great line, and I keep coming back to it. I think Paul um, points at Abraham and says, he's a but now person. It's going to be like this, but now God has spoken and given. And he didn't earn it. Yes, he had faith. But salvation and redemption is a gift from God. And the reason it's really important in church that we're but now people is that is the basis of peace and freedom. Because we all stand on the same footing of God. We have received a gift. And it really doesn't matter if... You are male or female or Greek or Jew or Maori or Pākehā or Aussie or old or young or butcher, baker or candlestick maker or even broadband network maker. <laughs> because we are but now people. Yep. Rescued because of the but now. And the righteous of, when the righteousness of God takes action, it means that the Red Sea parts and that the sun stands still over Gibeon. And that the spirit breathes on dry bones and trumpet sounds and the dead are raised. This is what God does. It's not what we do. It's what God does. So we are first and foremost but now people. And if we can live that way, then there can be peace where there is, was war and love where, where there was hate and truth where there were lies. Because it's not all about us. And righteousness, where only there is unrighteousness, because God did not come to congratulate the worthy, but to save sinners, meaning you and me. As amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I think this is fundamental to church and being a follower of Jesus. Holding on to the you didn't earn it. There's a moment, actually for many of us, lots of moments when there are but nows. So what are they like? Well, when I look at my life, I think for me, my first but now was being aware that of learning about forgiveness. I really didn't know what to do with my failures and my screw-ups and my weaknesses. But I found out you could be forgiven. But now I'm forgiven. As a gift. I didn't earn it. I definitely didn't deserve it. In the history of New Zealand, there was a time when um, Maori flooded into the Christian faith. They flooded in because in their history was, there was this, they, they've got... There's a really high value placed on things being right. So if tapu is broken, then something has to address that. And so it had devolved, evolved, it had turned into a cycle of revenge, of utu. 
So a tribe would do this to that tribe, and to get set things right, that tribe would need to do something back. And you, anyone know where that leads? Well, one reason why they rushed into Christianity was suddenly there was this thing called forgiveness and grace. It was a pathway out of cycles of revenge, and they thought it was glorious. And actually, you know, think movements like Ratana still show that. Um, to be fair, Pākehā, like myself, weren't so great. Mixed bag. In John 9, um, Jesus heals a man born blind. And when he is quizzed by the Pharisees, who can't get their heads around it, and, and they're trying to get him to say who Jesus is, and they say, but we know this man is a sinner. And he replies, whether he was a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing, one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. There are, in the NIV version of the um, Bible, there are 28 but nows in the New Testament, and I challenge you to have a look at them. Not all of them apply, but actually a lot do. But then I want to go one step further. What are our but nows? The cases, because this is actually why most of us follow Jesus. Because there's an element of, God, I just need that but now in my life. Later on, Paul says, but now you have been set free from sin and become the slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. But now you have been set free from sin. That's a big deal. I personally think one of the challenges for us in church is to learn how to be this kind of people because I don't think it comes naturally to us. I think the natural thing is the other. We know how to repay evil for evil. We know how to be nice to people that we like. We really struggle to live as but now people. And I reckon that fundamentally for us, that's our thing. We have to get together and come on, why are we this? For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. But now, if you don't have a, a concordance, um, when I was a young Christian, you would buy, the full Bible concordance was about that thick. Um, you can replace it now for free with Bible Gateway or any online Bible and search for a phrase. If you are looking for but now, put quotes around it and it will look for but now. Otherwise, you'll get every occurrence of but and every occurrence of now. And if you've got the time, feel free. <laughs> We're trying to learn how to live as but now people. And interestingly, there are some challenges for this. What about when we screw up? What about when things go wrong? What about I went to God to be healed and it hasn't happened? What about I prayed and prayed and prayed for reconciliation in this relationship and actually it's just as screwed as it's always been? Where's my butt now, God? Yeah? Well, interestingly, that blind man who was healed, a little bit earlier in the passage, the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Which is a good question. If you assume, and they did assume in those days, that if something went wrong, somebody had to be at blame. Okay, you had to find out who the one was at blame, because that's how you fix it. And I find Jesus' response fascinating. Neither this man or his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. There's two bits of good news here. One bit is that says, listen, something goes wrong, do not assume it's always someone's fault. 
Yep, especially in the world. Remember after the earthquake, there were people who said it's, um, it, it was Christchurch's fault because they allowed for sex workers on Manchester Street. Anyone remember that? Look, people say the craziest of things, absolutely craziest of things. Um, and we need to try not to be those people because that's, it's just wrong. Um, Jesus breaks that by saying, no, it's not a simple sin, you know, you can pin it down to that. But then there's this weird phrase that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, I'm not going to try and deal with how we deal with our pain and limitations, but I would long that in my life and in your life, the brokenness and weakness and hurt and failure that we hold, because all of us hold some of that, might be so that the works of God might be displayed. That would be my prayer. What worries me, the second thing that I think is a challenge for us when it comes to being but now people, is how quickly we move from there. We love receiving God's grace. We love that God rescues and saves. We're not so comfortable with the fact that God didn't come to love the lovable because that means we have to hang with the unlovable and to improve the improvable, but he came to raise the dead. It's all gift. His goal wasn't just to accept the ungodly, but to unmake the ungodly so that they become godly. To call into existence things that don't exist, which is kind of religious language, but what it means, what I would like us to hold on to in the but now is that God has got this. God has got you. Because the but now is you responding to God, trusting God. And what this kind of says from a theological end is if you reach up your hand to God, God will be reaching down to grab it. Always. And it's not actually your reaching up that gets you there. It is the but now God has grabbed my hand. I think we're called to be but now people. Anyone seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption? Show of hands, just most people, fair number of people. It's, um, it was called a sleeper hit. Um, that is, they released it at the movies, and it, it, what, it, it just sort of was an average movie. Um, but in the days of video rentals, it became the number one hire for year after year after year. It's the story of someone who is wrongly put into prison and about his escape. Well, actually, more than his escape, about a redemption. And this moment in the photo is uh, the moment when Eddie Dufresne escapes. He once was imprisoned, and now he is free. It's a, a but-now moment. But one of the things about the Shawshank movie, I have a friend who's a minister who recommended it to his elders. His elders went to watch it. It's not a light watch. There's a lot of Shawshank before the redemption. <laughs> and uh, actually, one of the elders really took offense. Um, we are but-now people, but there's often a fair bit of Shawshank in our lives. Right? That isn't fixed here and now. And the consequence of that is that we, well, we experience it. We, we see the nasty politics at play. We watch people savage themselves online. We know how wrong it can go. We see good news. We know, and we kind of like this. Um, do you see in the paper now there's a, there's a one-page article on the good news? Show of hands, who reads that first? Anybody read the paper at all? Okay. <laughs> 
Yep. Um, We've actually learnt that the things that people are interested in, that they click on, aren't the good news stories. In fact, one of the interesting things for uh, those of us who are older, um, in the last five years, um, our language about weather has changed. We didn't used to have weather bombs. Now we talk about a weather bomb. What's a weather bomb? Is there a person there with three wires deciding which... It's just a weather event. We've got this really colourful language for, for weather now. Um, so you have these heat waves and freeze waves, and the, and the more uh, impressive the language they can use, the more likely we are to click on it. We're interested in the bad. That's the world we know. And that's why it's tough being but now people, is that there's a lot of Shawshank before the redemption. And we're trying to learn how to live in freedom and trust in God's unfailing love. But it's tricky. So the tricky bit is, well, how do we deal with each other? If we are genuinely free, then we should be able to talk nicely and gracefully with each other. Allow for the fact that we're not all the same. If we're but now people, if our basis of our faith is that God loves us and rescues us. I struggle because often when Christians protest, but now is not what we feel like. I can remember uh, when the movie Life of Brian came out, people picketed it. Um, if you've seen Life of Brian, a lot of you will. It's on Netflix now. Um, it's okay. I mean, meh. I'm, I look back and think, why were we picketing? I'm, I think I'm not sure that protest, straight-out protest, is a but-now response. Let me tell you what I think is. Um, in America, Shane Claiborne and a group of people have been travelling around America with a forge, and they go into neighbourhoods, they ask people who've been affected by gun violence, they take guns, and they um, fire up the forge, and they melt down the guns and get people to hammer them into gardening utensils. Because they're but-now people. They're trying to embody the other. I know um, it's made the press that New York, uh, what do they do? One of the skylight high-rises things became pink to celebrate uh, a change in abortion law, which will leave a number of people aghast. Yep. Um, and it's probably appropriate to be aghast. What is a but-now response? It's when all of us, and I hesitate to do this, stand up and say, I'll have you, baby. That's a but-now response. It's not the protest alone. It's that if I am loved and forgiven and this is happening, but now how do I live? Harder analogy. Um, I'm, I'm talking about this partly because uh, there are topics where pe people fight and discuss. And I was reflecting on it as I was reading the Romans passages and thinking, where's the but now? Where's the bit that's like that? That's... I think many of the discussions that people have about sexuality in the Bible have been really tricky. And the thing that I have found hardest in them is I'm looking for the but now. In the light of the love of God, what's the but now? Now, I can't say that I, I don't think it's easiest for us to figure out. I remember reading a guy in, um, when the first Gulf War started off in America, was sending all these soldiers over. I remember a guy who said, oh, you know, Christians haven't even tried the Christian response. And people said, what do you mean? Well, a Christian response would be instead of sending all our young people over as soldiers to shoot people, if we sent all our young Christians over there to stand in the way of people shooting people. That would be a but-now response. Scary. Those of us who go, do you want to do that? But that would be in keeping with the but now of 
salvation being a gift. Because the kingdom of God is not about repaying hurt for hurt. It is about forgiveness and gift. It is, and that's why constantly you get this refrain of pay attention to your own sin and failure. Your, your business, our business is not everybody else's. Look after the log in your eye, I think. So locally, what does that mean? Well, actually, I'm kind of thrilled to have a couple of 24-7 workers in at Shirley Boys. And actually, Kieran started doing some stuff at Queen's Park. That's, I think that's but now stuff. I actually think the craft group and foot clinic, I think they're actually but now. We're trying to go, but now there's a chance to connect with others. You don't have to be special to come in here. It's the club that will be open to anybody who's willing. I think there's a little bit of the, we're called to be, and now for something completely different. Something that is not the character of the world we're in. And I don't think that's easy for us. So, Getting close to wrapping up, I'd like to take a minute. I'd like to invite people to look at their life and their faith so far and have a little chat with God in your head and think about, well, what are the but now moments in my life? The places where I can say everything changed here and I think this was what was going on, God. I have to confess that if I do that, I also have to allow you to look at the parts in your life where you'd go, actually... I really wish I had a butt now here. You know, I'm just so tired of it being that way. So I want to take just a, a minute to, for you to pay attention, have a bit of an internal conversation with yourself and God about how life has been. Um, there'll be a moment or two after that for if someone would like to share a butt now, they'll keep it short, but you'd be welcome to. Um, and then I'd like to pray particularly for people who are, are feeling like, oh, please, God. Can this change? And then we'll sing a song. So God, we invite you to inhabit at this moment amongst us, to whisper in our ears, to draw our attention to the places where you have made us but now and you have changed the territory. And where we are confronted by places where we would just long to see change be present with us. Is there anybody who wants to share a brief but now moment? If you are, uh, come up. So if you. Well, as most of you know, Joy and I had a, a but now moment five years ago when our son died. And what I discovered from that but now is now I have unlimited resources to deal with the loss. To understand that when things happen, that God's always asking us two questions. Do you love me? Do you trust me? And to keep our eyes on the eventual goal. Not the stuff that goes on around us, not the, the, either the good stuff or the bad stuff, 
but to reach that goal that Paul, Paul talked about, and that is eternal life with God. And as we trust him and we obey him through all circumstances, we're just moving towards our goal of eternal life with him. What we have here, as I say, is mortality. On earth we have mortality, but he gives us life. And that life begins when we accept Jesus as our saviour and it goes on forever. So the back day moment is just trust him, love him and obey him. Thanks, Jim. And let's recognise what Jim had to share came at cost. Anyone else? Getting close to that uncomfortable silence moment, aren't we? All right. Um, if I can have the team come up, uh, we're going to sing a song. I'd like to... If you recognise that where you're at is a place of pain and waiting, I'd love you to have the opportunity to pray with someone. Um, we're going to sing a song. Um, I'm going to get up there so I play guitar. Um, I'd like to pray just briefly that God be present in our lives, that we would notice the moments where we can see God working and that you would weave your spirit in us so that we would learn to be like you, free, loving and graceful, living differently. Amen. So if you do want to pray with someone, grab someone that you think, oh, yeah, they'd be good and just say, if you don't want, if that's sort of too deep and meaning for you, if you're not where you're at, um, there's tea and coffee after we've done the song, there'll be all that kind of stuff. But um, you could have a chat and just say, do you have any but now moments? To which an answer is okay to say, no thanks. Um, but it's worth talking about. Thanks.